Ever notice how our choices can bring good or bad into our lives? You ever notice that? How our choices can bring reward or consequence. Our choices affect our lives. Say that with me. Our choices affect our lives. Turn to the person next to you. Tell them, right, just look them right in the eye and say, our choices affect our lives. It's true. It's really true. It's what we choose that makes all the difference in our lives. We see this at the beginning of time. Um, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, God created human beings in his own image. He created them male and female. Then God blessed them. We've been using this scripture throughout our series. And then it says in Genesis 2, the Lord placed man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree. Say every tree. Come on. Every, every tree. Don't miss that. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except one tree, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So God gave them loads of trees. Don't, don't miss this. Sometimes people go, well, God is so stingy. He only, he just, they can't eat of the tree. Poor Adam. No, he's saying you can have all of this, just not this one. And unfortunately, just like us, Adam and Eve chose to do life their own way. Genesis 3.6 says, The woman saw that the tree was beautiful, that its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. I hear guys all the time say, well, see, it was a woman's fault. And I respond to them, yeah, but the guy knew what to do and he didn't do it. Because God spoke directly to Adam, not to Eve, about not eating the fruit. Isn't that interesting? So we are both guilty. Later, God asks, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And the man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit. <laughs> Isn't that just like us, right? And I ate it. God said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, I commanded you not to eat. The ground is what? Cursed because of you. Wait, cursed because of your choice. Mm, that's good. God blessed all of creation from the beginning. It was in his intent to bless all of creation. But a curse became part of creation because of man's choice. And even today, when it comes to getting in on all that God has for us, all of us have a choice. All of us do. Moses told the people in Deuteronomy 11, today I am giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse, you will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God, but you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from him. Often we think we will experience God's blessing no matter what. And I, this is one of the reasons I'm, I'm coming at it this angle today. I don't want us to think in our minds that God is going to bless us no matter what. Ah, we go to church. God's going to bless me. I'm an American. God's going to bless me. I live in the Western world. God's going to bless me. I live in North America. God's going to bless me. I live in San Diego. God's going to bless me. I buy Girl Scout cookies. God's going to bless me, right, Brooklyn? God, I mean, God's over here. I was looking for you over here. You're over here. Okay. okay. You know, so 
we, we think that God's going to bless us no matter what. Listen, sometimes, thankfully, God is a God of grace. And he will bring blessing to your life no matter what. But that is the exception, not the rule. Nowhere do we find in Scripture it says that God will bless you no matter what. Listen, hang on. God's blessing is always there. We're going to get into that in just a minute here. God's blessing is always available. But it's the choice that we make of whether we experience it or not. We have to make the choice, is what Moses says. He continues, Deuteronomy 28, Moses tells us, you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Look at the blessings. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, whoa, that's really big. Where, what, wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you. As his people. So when we read past the agricultural references, because some of us, you know, we were like, what is a breadboard? I don't know. Okay. We, we see how much blessing God really wants to bring into our lives. And we also realize, guess what? We have a choice. We have a choice. I want you to get this down. This is the central truth of everything today. Get this down in your outline. If I want God's blessing, I must do what God says. Come on, say it with me. If I want God's blessing, I must do what God says. You want to write that down, you may want to put it on your arm in Sharpie. If I want God's blessing, I must do what God says. I can't expect God to bless my life if I'm not doing what he says. I believe that applies to every arena of our lives. Everything. Let me give you a couple of ideas. For instance, God doesn't promise to bless our finances if we're not doing what he says. Did you know that God directly speaks about finances? Take a look at what he says in Malachi 3. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. If you do, says the Lord, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. How many of you would like that kind of blessing in your finances? Hello. I would. How do you get there? He says, bring all the tithes. What's a tithe? It's 10%. Write that on your outline. It's 10% of all your income. God says, bring a tithe to him. Where do you bring it? Moses tells us in Deuteronomy 14, bring the tithe before the Lord your God at the place he shall choose as his sanctuary. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. Let's read that last part with me. The purpose of tithing is to teach you, come on, read it with me. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. Listen, in the areas that you put him first, he will bless. 
You can go throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament, and you will find that to be true. If you put him first, he will bless that area. Problem is, we don't put him first in those areas. Now, we don't experience the blessing of God. By bringing our tithe to God, we put him first. Whenever we put God first, he blesses. What about your job? How many of you like to have God's blessing in your job? I believe that God will bless my job if I begin to do what he says. Vice versa, God won't bless my job if I'm not doing what he says. Look, he, he speaks directly about work, and this is huge. Look what God says. You have six days each week for your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of complete rest, an official day for holy Assembly, I'm glad you're here today. I want you to circle this word on on your outline. It's the word rest. Would you circle that? Now, I know you may think you know what that means. Because when we come to Sunday afternoons or when we come to Sabbath for church people, Sabbath ideas, you know what we begin to think about when we say, oh, it's a day, it's a day. It's not on your outline? Oh, it's not. It should be. It's not on the outline. My bad. Leviticus 23.3 is not on your outline. My bad. Okay, write down Leviticus 23.3. And then put the word rest next to it. There you go. Okay, when when it says rest, a complete, uh, complete rest, what it's talking about is not sleeping in is not taking a nap, even though my wife loves her Sunday afternoon naps. It's not kicking back watching football. Um, the Hebrew word that, that is used here is the word pause. Isn't that good? How many of you need a pause in your week? How many have weeks that just go, like that video we saw earlier, right? And you're at the weekend already, and now you're at Monday morning. Some of you are sitting here thinking Monday morning already. Okay? We need a pause button on our week. This is what God has established a Sabbath for. So that you will push the pause button. But even more than that, it says in Leviticus 23, an official day for holy assembly. He's saying, come together for worship. Gather together. Use the day to pause to think about him, to worship him, to hear from him, to be together with other believers, just to chill for a day. It's a good thing. Did you know that researchers have found that medically this is a good thing? That sometimes your brain just needs to pause, your body just needs to pause? It's true. Your week is supposed to include a day where you stop your routine in honor and worship of God, where you gather together and where you pause. Give him space. Another thing is God won't bless my marriage if I'm not doing what he says. The Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians 5. Look at this scripture. Go ahead. This scripture on the screen. As the church submits to Christ, wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Now, I put that up first, and it's listed in the scripture first. It's verse 24, and we're going to look at 25 in a minute. But I just want you to see something that wives, Paul is saying that we should, you should submit yourself to your husbands. And you go, I don't know if I can do that. Well, you could do that if, guys, we would do this. Look at the next verse. Husbands, love your wives just just as Christ loved the church and gave 
up his life for her. Ladies, would you be willing to submit to a husband that is sacrificial for you? That would give up himself and be selfless for you? Sure. See how it works together? I've had, I've had wives, or brides rather, say, I do not want that scripture used in my wedding because I'm not into the whole submission thing. And then I said, well, then you must not be in for your husband wanting to be selfless and loving you sacrificially then. Because both of them go together, right? See, the problem is we don't do what God says, and yet we expect him to bless our marriage. That's a topic for a whole other teaching, right? How can we pray, God bless my marriage, if we're not doing what he's already saying? Good question. These are just a few areas. You get my drift on this? These are just a few areas that God addresses very clearly in his word. And we can apply this line of thought to so many arenas of our lives. If I want God's blessing in that area, I must do what God says. It's really clear. If I want his blessing, I must do what God says. In our series, we've been using a key text that, where God spoke to Abraham. And I want us to look at that. It's, it's in Genesis 12, verse 2. Now, that should be on your outline. So take a look at that one with me. God says to Abraham, I will, read it with me, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. Now, we've been using this as our key text, talking about how God wants to bless us so that we can bless others. And we did that through our trick-or-treating event in our community and just different things. But here's the key. This is not all that God said to Abraham in this passage. I've just given you just a snippet of, of what he actually said. So let's back up and see all of what God said to Abraham in verse 1. The Lord said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. Now, if you know anything about the story of Abraham, you realize that Abraham didn't know where he was going. God clearly said, I'll show you when you get there. Abraham didn't know how he would get there. He didn't know how long it would take. He didn't even know how, um, uh, how he would know when he got there. God just said, go, and I'll bless you. So, verse 4, so Abraham departed as the Lord had what? Okay, let's, let's kind of change the words so that it'll kind of jive with what we're talking about today. So Abraham departed as the Lord had said. I think it works, doesn't it? He did what God told him to do, right? It's pretty clear. Abraham was willing to obey with everything. Listen, friends, God wants to move you out of the way you have been living up to this point and take you into a whole new way of living a life of blessing. But it's your choice. You can stay where you are. You can stay living the life that you're living. Or you can experience God's blessing. But a part of the choice is obedience. We have to obey. God is asking us 
to respond. He's asking us to make a choice. It's interesting that Abraham made this choice to do what God said, and and he went. And 25 years later, Abraham faced the choice again. Take a look at Genesis 22. We went from Genesis 12, now to Genesis 22. And God is speaking to Abraham, and he says, Abraham, take your son. By the way, this is the son that Abraham has waited all these years to have, and he had a son at 100 years old. Okay, it was a miracle. He's waited all this time for this son, and, and now God is saying, take your son, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you. He's basically saying, you know that son that you love that you waited all that time for? I want you to give him up to me now. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey. He took two of his servants with him along with his son, Isaac. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. Don't miss this. He was in the the process of giving up everything to God. Killing the dream. Surrendering the future. All of the plans and the agenda and the desires that he had. And it says, at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him, Abraham, don't lay a hand on the boy. This is what the Lord says. Don't miss this. Look at this. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld or Surrender. I know the screens are having problems, so let's look at your text, all right? Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your only son, I will certainly bless you. Do you see it? Obedience and surrender right there. Because you have obeyed me and you have not withheld. You have surrendered your only son. Because you have obeyed me and come. And now you have surrendered your son. I will bless you. He surrendered everything to God. Oh man. If I want God's blessing, I have to do what God says. Say it with me. Come on. If I want God's blessing, I have to do what God says. I have to choose to experience God's blessing by doing what he says. As we've been talking about throughout this series, God wants to bless you. Come on, say that with me. God wants to bless me, to bless you. He does. But to experience God's blessing, I have to make a choice. You know what the choice is? My way or God's way. And that, that applies to every arena of our life. My way or God's way? This is what I was talking about, about the blessing always being there. God's blessing is always there. Listen, you can always make the choice to go God's way and experience his blessing. I don't care how far down the road of my way you are. You can always change lanes and go down God's way and experience his blessing in your life. 
God's blessing is always there. You know why? Because God's lane, his way, is always there. But it's our choice. We make a choice. More specifically, wherever I want God's blessing, I have to choose to do life God's way in that area. So in what area of your life are you doing it your way? It's a good question, isn't it? God's calling you to do what he says. The psalmist says this, Psalm 128, verse 1. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and live his way. Blessed if you live his way. Hmm. Problem is, we think we get God's blessing without doing anything. It's true. Now, you've probably seen this chair up on the platform ever since I've been talking. And it's got some weights on it. These are weights that I have in my bedroom. And they sit there. Now, here's, here's the deal on this. These could do me some good if I did something with them, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's really funny. I talk to people at the Y all the time. That's where I go and, and work out. And, and I talk to people all the time at the Y about how many people sign up for the Y and never use it. it it's, it's funny to me that we probably even have weights or exercise benches or you know, treadmills or ellipticals or whatever, bikes in our homes. And a lot of the times they end up like in our bedroom catching clothes or they just have things piled on them because we never really use them for what they're intended. But if you, if you use these for what they're intended, then it would make a change in your life, right? Right? The problem is we have to make a choice. You see it? I mean, I could just leave that on the chair, and it would do me no good at all. But I could grab it and start doing it, and all of a sudden, it makes a difference. You follow me? All of a sudden, it changes who I am as a person. And the more I do it, the more I make that choice, the more I see the benefit of it. Same thing in any area of our lives. We could choose to use it or not. We can choose God's blessing or not. We can choose God's way or not. If I want God's blessing, I must do what God says. Say it with me. If I want God's blessing, I must do what God says. Those who obey and surrender experience God's blessing. So the question is, are you willing to obey God with everything? Are you willing to surrender everything to God? Now, let's just make it a little bit simpler because everything is a big word, right? I mean, that's a big idea. Let's just take it in one area. Let's just think about one area of your life that you would like God to bless. You got it? Just one area. Could be a relationship, could be your job, could be your finances, could be your health. You name it. One area in your life that you would like God to bless. Are you willing to obey, do what he says, and surrender that area 
to him. Would you bow your heads with me?